Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 98. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Fine, good. I think the sickness has finally left me for those keeping track. It's now two weeks. This is the two-week mark and it's finally kind of gone. I think I blew the last chunk of it out of my nose. At around five o'clock today, I'm keeping track of how long my sicknesses are, like to the hour, just for the fun of it, just to see if there's like a correlation here. Well, I mean, you're sick so often that you could probably figure <laughs> something sort of trend. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I need to get healthy and quick. Maybe I shouldn't be drinking beer while I'm doing these podcasts. <laughs> Maybe not. But to be fair, you do have two toddlers, so you're kind of in a hotbed for germs. True, I and I'm trying to. I, I commute to work through uh, either rollerblading. Right now, my rollerblades are all seized because I took them in the rain like an idiot. Um, and uh, or a bike or walking. Those are the three methods of transportation for me to get to work. And that's a five kilometer, so two mile, I think, two and a half mile walk one way. And, and every time I do an article, I do fifty crunches and, and a number of push ups. I won't tell you how many because it's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to tell me. We know it's three. <laughs> <laughs> one for every kid and then one for just good luck. There you go. <laughs> What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Just getting ready for the 4th of July here. One of my favorite. Never heard of it. Uh, thanks, Mitch. Uh, You're welcome. Oh, Canada. Oh, uh, well, how, Canada Day was good. Yeah, the fighter jets flew over the house, so the kids like that. So okay. that's about it. No, you, what's going on for July 4th? What do you guys do? Apple pie, hot dogs, and fireworks? Uh, there'll be fireworks for sure. Yeah. I'll be barbecuing again, which that's my favorite thing to do in the world. Standard. And have a few drinks and just hang out. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite holidays. So do you guys have like a block party? Like I, I picture like typical Americana. I'm thinking the Sandlot right now. If you remember oh, the movie yeah. Sandlot. Oh, yeah. The, I know the scene The you're cookout about. that they have before the dog comes in and ruins it. But <laughs> the cookout with all. Oh, no, I know. Sorry. I'm thinking of at the end of the movie in the middle, right at the 
the first half of the movie where they're all finally buddies and there's hot dogs everywhere and there's cake and there's fireworks and it's a magical evening because they can play in the lights. Well, where I used to go, so I used to go to my uh, my dad's friends all the time. He's basically like my dad's brother, but he's a, he's a friend. So uh, he would have like his whole block closed off and it, that was pretty much exactly what you're describing. Yes. Like they had a block party at the school up the block. They did like a professional fireworks show, like a legal with permit. And it was like really good. And uh, we stopped going there a couple of years ago. Now it's going to be uh, at my house, which we don't have a block party or anything like that. But it'll be in my backyard, just grilling, going in the pool, hanging out with some friends. Good time. Good times. Love it. It's a good time. Such a good time that I got a tattooed on my back. I have good times tattooed on my back. Oh, okay. Sorry, that went over my head. Sorry. First. It's just, I'm used to just, yeah, people saying like, oh, you said good times, <laughs> and they make fun of me. And now I just get ready for it by saying it, and I realized the context was not there. <laughs> All right, so speaking of good times, uh, well, I guess yesterday kind of not so much good times <laughs> until I won. Straight up not having a good time, buddy. No, not too much fun for the Islanders yesterday. They salvaged it slightly. We'll get into it, but we're going to kind of go in chronological order of what was happening. So we'll start with the Panarin saga. So that'll take us back to June 30th evening and Mm -hmm. how we were bamboozled by Bob (laughs) McKenzie. Bob sought to like screw us all over. No, he's now sipping margaritas out by his dock. Uh, good job by Bob for another good year worked. Uh, but yeah, he comes out at 11 o'clock on the 30th. says like the Islanders are favored and everyone lost their minds. All of us, all anyone who has anything to do with the Islanders lost their minds because we're saying we're finally going to get the, the, the best free agent on the market. And it's only a year after losing the best free agent on the market. Yeah, so that obviously had our hopes up because it's not like some random report where it's some unverified guy on Twitter. It's like my cousin's brother's uncle heard that or Timmy Panarin <laughs> wants to sign with the Islanders. It's Bob McKenzie saying that he thinks they're favored and other people were jumping in on it too. Yeah, so, Arthur Staple had his thing, right? Saying like it, it looks like they're going to give him like 12 to 12 and a half. And oh God, it was just all rolling in and all coming up aisles. Yeah, and even the next morning, so July 1 morning, you know, uh, free agency starts at, at noon, 10 o'clock in the morning, even probably up until the very, very, very beginning of the 11 o'clock hour, the first few minutes. It seemed like the Islanders were still the favorite, but just no news. And then around 11.15, the Rangers trade Jimmy VC and mm-hmm. clear up some cap space. And that, I know for me, is when I started to think like, oh, oh boy, maybe the Rangers are a little bit more of a threat than I really thought. I remember I saw that I was eating lunch or like brunch for us, I guess. It was like bacon, eggs, toast, all the, the, all the good staples. And then Staple comes up and says like, they've just traded Jimmy VC, And I go, oh, me no likey. Mm-hmm. But he immediately came back with, listen, the Buffalo Sabres have been interested in Jimmy VC for a while. This doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, I think he got that wrong, but which is I, whatever. Like yeah. if it's, it's just pure speculation on his behalf. And it's not like he was necessarily wrong. Buffalo was interested in Jimmy VC, so they got the player they wanted. But, you know, New York got what they wanted as well, and cap space. Yep, they got the cap space, and then maybe, what, a half hour later is official? Jimmy VC. Uh, not Jimmy VC, <laughs> or Timmy Panarin <laughs> to the New York Rangers. Yeah, that's when Darren Drager dropped it, saying it looks like all said and done, Panarin to the Rangers. And you're going, what the hell just happened? My world went from I'm living on cloud nine to 
I don't know if I'm existing. Is this reality? It was a, a very existential crisis going on at that moment. Yeah, in just a little over 12 hours, too. You flipped from yeah. being like way positive that, okay, the Islanders are going to land this guy. This is sick. To, oh, my God, it happened again. <laughs> exactly. Except we never had him to begin with. We never actually even had him. We never even had a chance. I guess that made it a little bit easier to swallow that he was like he was leaving. But in a sense, he did pick the Rangers over the Islanders. And we'll get into kind of why now. <laughs> yeah. Um, he signed for 11.6 and change. What is it? Six, four, two. Two, four. Yeah. Why? Who knows? But 11.642. The Islanders supposedly offered him 12.5. That's almost a million dollar difference. So that's nearly $7 million more that he would have got to play with the New York Islanders. And he said, no, I would rather play for the Rangers. And that was kind of crappy, Mitch. That was really crappy. It was as crappy as crappy can get. Like, it, it would have been... It, it couldn't get any worse. It just couldn't. You know, Toronto wasn't in the mix, but it it's the Rangers. And for just to them, like, they were already always in it, right? We knew that he was going to visit the Rangers, so this is come, it didn't come out of left field. But, man, it sucks when it just kind of... You, you're, you're riding it out, saying, like, well, they, he already met with the Rangers. We know he did. They, they put his name on the billboard. Big deal. Who cares? Um... But I think that's what did it. I really think that's what did it, man. Yeah, I listen. Even though the Islanders have made great strides in making their franchise more legit and stable, they are still not as big of a draw as New York City and the Rangers. That's just I. We hate to admit it, but right now yeah. it's the truth. That's exactly it. Like he gave up seven million dollars, so you can see his names or his name and his picture on the signs outside of MSG, on the streets of Manhattan, and people cheering his name. That's what he wanted. That was worth seven million dollars to him. It's not worth seven million dollars to me. Seven million dollars was a whole lot more, but to Panarin, that's what it was worth. And he got that today, right? Yeah, he got it. He was outside of the garden taking pictures, and I mean. They're gonna they're gonna market the hell out of him, and it's probably gonna work out in the sense of him becoming a bigger star because he's yes he is in Manhattan. But if he wanted the more money, if he wanted the better team on paper right now, mm-hmm. it's the Islanders. Yes, one hundred percent. But he chose the Rangers to facilitate their rebuild, and they're gonna be competitive next year. They're not gonna be great. But they're definitely going to be competitive, I, I would think, just simply because of his acquisition. And we haven't talked about Capo Caco or Jacob Truba yet. No, but you got to think that they're probably a fringe playoff team with how their roster looks right now, no? Yes, absolutely, for sure. Which still bothers me a bit. Like you, Even with your adding you, you being Artemi Panarin, you're still a playoff fringe team. You could have gone to a. You go to the the Islanders. You're now division. Like you, you are winning the division, or you're in talks to win the division. They didn't have Panarin last year, and they almost won the division. Yeah, no, they put some at towards the top, like you said, of the Metropolitan Division. But as of right now, obviously, we haven't gotten into their other signings yet. Not necessarily the case for the Islanders. Well, who knows, right? There's still a lot of way to go, but as it stands now on paper, yeah, you wouldn't say they're a better team. You definitely no. can't say they're a better team. They're at best, at best, even. They broke even so far. Yeah, best case scenario, exactly. But, but like, I, sorry, I, I don't think we can get on Lou Lamorello for this and in, in, in regards to our Tammy Panarin. He did everything he could. He offered him the seven years. I'm sure he offered him a hell ton of, of 
uh, what is it trade protection he gave it to Varlamov he gave it to Lee <laughs> like I, I, I would assume two years at no move another two years at no trade and then what is it another three, three. years of modified no trade with a like 22 team no trade list or whatever something stupid like that I don't even know if you can do that but that's what it w- would have been and he gave him more money so he's giving him seven. He was definitely giving him trade protection, and he gave him more money. And he said no. Like there's nothing more that Lou can do. It's exactly like he said. This has to be down to the attractability of the franchise, which you know sucks because we thought we were making headway, but you know it's still way more to go. Like, we still have to play two arenas. That 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 really stinks. No, it does. It, it absolutely does. And maybe things would be different if they were just in Nassau Coliseum until the new place opened. Yeah, but. I agree with you. You can't blame Lou Lamarillo. He did everything he could. He offered him the most amount of money. I mean, what else? What more can you possibly want him to do? He offered him Connor McDavid money. Connor McDavid, who has put up 100 points except for his rookie year. And even then, he broke his collarbone or something stupid like that. It was his collarbone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Panarin has never put up 100 points. Never. Ever. So, like, he was willing to give him 12 and a half. And he still said, you know what? No thanks. I want to see my name up on some god dang billboards. What? Like, there's nothing more that Luke could have done. No, at that point, you're right. He's he made up his mind in the sense that he wanted to go and capitalize on being in New York City. Which again, that's that's fine. I can, I can't necessarily get on him for that. Everyone's gonna have a different opinion on it. But but for me, like, would I rather him with the Islanders? Of course. But if he wants to be the guy in the biggest city and one of the biggest media markets in the entire world, then what am I going to do? So maybe Lou should have done this. Taken him to the Barclay Center, I I know, but you've got that big, huge, round billboard thingy, right? The Videotron video board thing they got outside at the Barclays. Okay. You get our Tammy Pinner and you're wrapping around that. You get a couple of people saying like, hey, I'm walking here as they're crossing Atlantic Avenue. You get taxis, like, what is it, honking their horn. Um, You got to have nuts, someone making nuts. And and street meat, so like hot dogs, and then it gives him the atmosphere of New York City, but he's in Brooklyn. Uh, and then you take him to the barber shops, you take him to the like the, the niche cafe restaurants, the, the nice looking condos. That's how they should have sold him. Come on, Lou. Yeah, who knows what they did with him? Maybe they took him to uh, the Marriott across the street. From, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Showed him a, a nice bagel, and that's about it. Like I love bagels, or Tammy Benares, I love bagels, but like that's it. That's all you got. Oh boy, but nonetheless, the Islanders lose out on Artemi Panarin, and then kind of went radio silent for a while, which that is pretty nervous, Mitch. Yeah, that was that made it worse. Like it made it a thousand times worse. It made it seem like they had their pants pulled down and they're just standing there going, "Now what? I don't know what to do. Do I pull up my pants? Do I just walk and own it?" Do I just forget it? I don't understand. I don't know what to do. It just seemed like they they just they didn't know where to go next. Like they were they were as confident as we all were. And then when they had the world pulled out from under them, when Panarin said no thanks, we're going to the Rangers, they went. They didn't know what to do next. Yeah, and it took them about four hours for their <laughs> first move of free agency, and that was re-signing Anders <laughs> Lee. They circled back. Got Anders Lee to a seven-year deal, $49 million, so $7 million AAV. Uh, pretty much what we expected, Mitch, in terms of AAV. I mm-hmm. think they probably added on an extra year. I think we both were kind of saying six for seven for, like, I don't know, an eternity now at this point. But Yes. 
Uh, seven for seven. I'm not going to cry over adding that extra year. Uh, if it if that's what it took to get it done, you had to do it. And the Islanders got back a potential 40 goal score. Yeah, 40 goal score, 102 goals in the last three years. Um, reading, oh, sorry, I'm scratching my back here. Oh God, it feels so good. Um, reading Pierre LeBrun earlier today, he was writing about, and I, and I posted something just before we got on uh, about that. Like the, the plan was always to bring in Artemi Panarin and Anders Lee. That was always their plan. It seems with discussion that Pierre Lebrun's had with his sources from everything that we've seen so far, that that was the plan and signing him to him being Lee to a seven million dollar deal was agreed upon, according to Lebrun, back in September. Like that, the, the term was never, never in doubt whatsoever. Like the, the or sorry, the term, the value, uh, everything that we heard during free agency, right? We had those reports that someone was offering Lee $9 million. So he potentially left money on the table too, to stay with the Islanders. Sure. So you got that. Um, but they had to cave on term, but like if everything was all said and done and all you needed to say was like, eh, Anders will give you that extra year done. Why the hell did it take four hours? You already had this deal in principle done. You just had to essentially sign him and say like plus one in the years column. I don't know. Yeah, that is definitely a weird one because everything that the agent said, that Lee said, that Lou said, and that Pierre LeBron said, it seems like everything was pointing to Lee not even considering other options. No. His his agent had to go and make tours, apparently. Again, again, according to LeBron, his agent, Neil Sheehy, had to go around and spoke to Montreal, spoke to Minnesota, spoke to Chicago. I think there's a fourth one, Colorado maybe. And he he went and checked. He did his due diligence as an agent. He checked in, and they were all interested. But Lee saying, "I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the Islanders. Please get me the Islanders." That was all he cared about. Right. And as his agent, I you have to do your due diligence, like you said, and go around and see what else is out there. But at the end of the day, the Islanders offered him, in Lee's eyes, a fair deal. So he ended up taking that. The only thing that makes me curious, though, is how they could have possibly fit both Lee and Panarin. Well, so that's what I was writing today is that getting them both, we, we know that they, they were offering them between 12 and 12 and a half. So let's give them the top end of that. So 12 and a half plus Lee at seven, that's 19 and a half million dollars for the two of them. With the cap space they have remaining, that means that they still have to free up $3.9 million. How the hell are they going to do that? Well, obviously, like you have to trade Lee, Letty. Letty's got to be traded. That gives you at least another 1.6, I think it is, in terms of cap space. Uh, but you still have to sign uh, Beauvillier, Del Cole, and Hosang. It, or you trade them in some sort of package, maybe for Letty or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But assuming you still have to sign those guys, 1.6 ain't going to cut it. So that means Thomas Hickey gone. So what next, right? Like You, you have to move Hickey, you have to move Letty, and there, there's, there's everything done. You still have to bring in another top six forward. And, and even if you're getting him for eight, you still have to sign those three free RFAs. So what are you doing? Like, what what's next? Yeah, that's just the thing, right? With that kind of a move, it kind of puts you into cap crunch. So then Lou would have to get extra creative. Like you said, he's got to move Letty for sure at that point. And then you're probably moving another piece too. who that is. I don't really know, but you got to clear up some space somehow. But I imagine that was always in the plan. I just it just seems kind of backward thinking. Like I'm gonna get like you've seen every other team right now. They go and they they trade out their players. And they make the space like 
the the Rangers went out and traded VC. They made the space today to get it. Whereas the Islanders are like, let's bring in the players and then we'll trade players off. Why? Because then you're 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 in a, a disadvantage. Everyone knows you're trying to clear cap space. Yeah, wouldn't you think you'd rather sign Lee first, then make a trade, and then sign yeah. Panarin or whoever else? Like, as far as I understand the cap, you have until opening day of the season to clear the cap ceiling or lower below the right. cap ceiling. So if you're above it during the summer, that's fine, but you can work during the summer to go under it. So they could do that, I suppose, but it just makes more sense, like you said. Clear the space now to bring in the player. And maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's why it's taken forever to get the next move. Because they've done a few things day one, but since then it's been radio silence. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, you look at Vegas, they're over right now. Everyone knows that they got a clear space. So that's going to be something that's going to have to happen for them. I, I don't know. I agree with you, though. It does seem a little bit backwards that they were trying to sign Panarin first, then circle back to Lee, and then figure out goalie after that. Yeah, it just it just seems really strange, especially because he was always in the plan. Just do it then. Just sign him. What are you waiting for? You knew he was going to sign for seven. You probably could have got him for the sixth year if you really wanted to play hardball like you did with Robin Leonard. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Why didn't you do that? It just doesn't really add up. I, I just don't get it. Or when I get it done in September? <laughs> why not? Why not? What is it really preventing you from doing in September if you're already going to sign him for seven? Something you agreed upon in September. What are, what do you like? Uh, well, I, I guess it's that they didn't want to give him the eighth year. I guess, which is, I guess that's what you do. You just like wait him out. Well, well, we're gonna wait for till July. We're not gonna do nothing, and then you have to give us at least seven. I guess. Really? <laughs> you really think Lee was like stubborn? I want eight years, and they're like, okay, well, we're just gonna ride this out, and we know you're gonna come back anyway. According to LeBron, his Lee and his agent wanted eight. They wanted as much stability as possible. But like they have to realize that there's no way they're going to get eight. Like that seems ridiculous at his age. That's just not good cap management. Yeah, yeah I, I guess so. But I don't know. That that's a uh, that's certainly an interesting one. But at the end of the day, here you got to be pretty satisfied that you're able to get Lee back for seven based on what everyone else was getting in free agency now? Yes, 100%. The fact that we saw nine bandied about, like nine million as an AV, and he's getting seven, whoa, that's so much better. Imagine him on the books for seven years at nine million dollars. I love Lee. No, thank you. He's great. He's everything I love in a captain, but that doesn't mean he's worth another two million dollars more. No, yeah, absolutely not. And then it makes other contracts around the league look worse. Like the Kevin Hayes is making more than him. Like that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, or like it makes the Brock Nelson deal look even better when you see what Duchesne is making now too. So just overall, got to be happy with the Lee extension. I'm glad that they were able to circle back and get that done. And the Islanders now know who their first line left wing is going to be. Well, potentially, they could still bring in a top line guy. They could. I mean, I guess maybe <laughs> they want to. They really want know. to. They wanted to bring in Panarin, but like I don't. I don't get it. It just seems like the the chronology of things is backwards right now, where they're trying to get talent. Now they're like, oh, maybe we should trade our guys and make some room, and then we can bring in talent. Guys, like you should have been doing this weeks ago. What are you doing? I don't know. Like, are we just gonna wake up one day and it's like Lou traded for someone overnight? Like, how is this gonna it happen? Could very well be. Remember, I was at Montreal traded someone to Arizona or something like that at like eleven o'clock at night. 
was yeah. a couple months ago. I remember, I distinctively remember it in Montreal and Carolina, or not Carolina, Arizona. I, I, I forget for who exactly, but it was someone. It was someone. Yes. <laughs> so Trey's work. Um, yeah, do we want to get into the next signing? Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do that. Uh, <laughs> or not signing, so, I guess. The Robin Leonard slash Semyon Varlamov uh, swap, I guess. It's just this whole situation really just drives me really crazy. Yes. It does. And the arguments on Twitter yesterday and today over it also drive me really crazy. But let's can we start with Leonard first and then get to how they got to Varlamov, I guess? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So here's the story with Robin Leonard. Supposedly... The Islanders offered him a two-year deal worth $5 million AAV. We all now know he signed a one-year deal for $5 million AAV. So, naturally, myself and many others were very confused why he signed that deal. But Leonard explained shortly thereafter why that happened. Yeah. So, supposedly... The Islanders did not get into negotiations until very late into the process, probably within the last week, based on everything, by how the reports were going. No? Yes, that's what it seems like. Right. So within the last week, Lou Lamarillo probably tossed out that two-year contract offer. Now, naturally, Leonard would want something a little bit longer. He was probably looking for... Of Arlamov, like <laughs> four years, which we will get to four years, right? Which isn't that's not nuts. It's not an eight year deal for a goalie. Four years is yes. fine. Okay. So he says, let me think about it. He then presumably goes back to his agent and they look around and then see that a long term option isn't really out there. They go back to Lou and say, okay, we're ready to work something out. And Lou has already moved on. <laughs> Did I cover everything, Mitch? Did I miss anything? You got it. You got it. (laughs) Okay. So Lou Lamarillo gave Robin Leonard a hard ultimatum of just a couple-hour deadline to make this decision. Yeah. I don't understand why. Um, Yeah, why? Like, one, why did it take so long? Two, why couldn't he have one or two days to think about it? Like, I, I, I don't understand. There's a lot not to understand here. There's a lot to just kind of go, I don't, like, what? Why? That doesn't make any sense. J- just on the face value, like you said, Barlamov gets four years of $5 million. And you're going, why wouldn't you do that for Leonard? Why? It's, it's according to Lou, it's a fringe benefit that he's, he, being Varlama, is, is buddies with Sorokin. All right, so that's not the issue. So then what the hell is it? What are you doing here? You, you let a Vesna finalist go. For what? Because And apparently, they had their eyes on Varlamov last year, right? When Lou came in at the draft, he had his eyes on Varlamov then. Okay, that's fine, but then you got another goalie who put up a 930 save percentage and wanted to <laughs> you stay. You took a risk on a guy that worked out beautifully, and you're going to be like, nah, yeah. nah, I'm going to go with my gut originally. My first gut intuition, a guy who put up a 909 on an on equally good team. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't think he's going to put up another 909 this no. year, but that, that's not the point with Varlamov. The, the frustrating part is really just how the situation with Leonard was held. And then we know that they were willing to go four years and give that same AAV to Varlamov, who's coming off a bad year. And 
like if you told me that it was four years and he took maybe like three million dollars a year, I'd be like, okay, it's a little bit of a cheaper option. I understand that cap management don't want to really go long term with Leonard. I disagree, but fine. But it's the, the same exact AAV. <laughs> yes, this shows that Lou preferred Varlamov. Yes. No, like there's no denying that he preferred Varlamov over Leonard. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm right there with you. Yes. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Like, Var- Varlamov has had good years, right? If we look back at his stats, let me let me pull it up here. Uh, Varlamov stats, hockey, there it is. Uh, let me bring up his hockey reference page. Yes, he was a 909-287 last year. Two years ago, he was a 920-268. Those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. Um, five years ago, <laughs> we're going back a while here. Uh, he was a 927-241, finished second in Vesna voting and fourth in Hart Trophy voting. He had 41 wins that season. Okay. Like, the guy gets you 20 wins a season, at least. At least. You, yeah, and you can start him for 50 games. So, And, and he's not a huge goalie like Leonard, right? Like, he, he's not small either. He's 6'2", 205. So he's in that 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 kind of mobile, um, but maybe not super mobile. He's a little bit older at 31. Like, he... he Kind of checks all the boxes in terms of goaltending. And then if you're getting a, a support cast of Mitch Korn, Piero Greco, and so on and so forth, you know, maybe you can milk more out of him than you, you might get him to 920. And, and if you're I doing think that, you that's pretty good. It's just how long are you getting him at a 920? That's the thing. I think probably this year he's going to split with Grice, kind of like what their plan was last year, which I think you could, that's fine. You can get away with that. Next year is when it gets tricky because he is the only goalie who would then be under contract. Now, obviously, the assumption is that Sorokin is going to be coming over because why else would they not want to go long-term with Leonard? And they also brought in a friend of his who happens to have the same agent. Right. So then you would assume that, okay, you probably have to ease Sorokin into this, so you're going to lean a little bit more on Varlamov than you're two. From that point on, maybe you can go either 50-50 on the last two years or slowly move it over to Sorokin being the number one goalie, but he's going to be a pretty expensive backup goalie then in the last two years of that That's right. That's right. He's also got injury concerns, right? Like, he missed time this year, and the reason that they, that they, Colorado, went and got Philip Grubauer is because he played, you know, 49 games. He played 24 a couple years ago. Like, he's got injury issues. So you're bringing in a guy that's got, you know, an injury bug who's three years older than the guy you previously had and had worse numbers. Like his career average is a 916, 268. Robin Leonard's a career average 919, 270. Come on. Like, why? What? Sorry, it was 918. I don't get it. Not 919. Just want to clear that up. Okay. Still... I know. Leonard, I agree. Leonard's de- the better goalie of the two. I don't think it's by a ton, but I think it's by a decent amount. But I just don't understand why you weren't willing to give this term to Robin Leonard, but you were for someone who's older and not as good. That's just going to boggled me for the rest of the time. And, and you wanted him. Like, it's not just that you did it. It's that you did it because you wanted this specific player. Right? Again, they had their eyes on him since the draft of last year. That's true. And he was better last year. Again, 9-20-268. So I can see why they had their eyes on him last year. I see it, but I don't see it anymore. It just 
and, and maybe it's he had one bad season and, and Robin Leonard had a bad season, right? Before he got to the Islanders. So did Thomas Grice mm-hmm. and they bounced back and were Jennings Trophy winners. So it's very possible that the Islanders can turn this guy around. It's just for how long? Who knows? But they're going to have him for four years at a $5 million <laughs> yeah, cap. With it, so. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we kind of hinted at this next one a little bit, but we can get into it a little bit more now. I, last thing I have for free agency is what's next because they still have some holes on this roster. So where does this team go now? Well, like I wrote, I think they have to go through the trade market. I, I, I just don't see anything else that they can do in terms of free agency. Right? Like let's, let's browse UFAs right now. And it's uh, ranked in terms of cap hits. So let's change that a bit here. Uh, I'm on cap friendly, of course. Uh, points. Let's just do that, right? Update results in terms of points. Sure. The highest scoring player in terms of points is Ryan Zingle at, 40, at 56 points. So if you're looking in terms of free agency, that's who you're targeting. Yeah, I would think so because at this point, you could probably get him on a three or four year deal at maybe. Four and a half, five million, maybe even less. Like he made one point eight last year. Are you telling me he won't take three to four? I mean, that'd be a pretty good value if you're able to do like, that. It's, we're day two. We're day two's over, and he still hasn't signed. I'm sure he's talking to people, but he hasn't signed anything he likes. No. So why can't the Islanders come in and say like, "What did you get? You know, four or five? Well, we'll give you an extra year at four. Right, you're you're giving him another four million dollars now, and he's like he's got to look at that and say like, well, that's something I'll take, and that's a twenty six goal player right there. Yeah, I think that could potentially be good value for second line left wing. Yeah, he scored twenty goals in the last two seasons. Right, he's only been in the NHL since twenty fifteen, and even then he only played thirty games that year. So his first full season was twenty sixteen seventeen, and he scored fourteen goals that year. He scored. He progressively got better over the last three years. That though, is correct. Right? Yes. It was something, I don't have it up, but off the top of my head, it was something like 37 points, 41, and then 56. 32, 41, 56. Okay. That's good. That's progression. And yes, he's 27. But again, you don't have to sign him forever. You can sign him for three years. He'd be like, peace out when you're 30, buddy. Right. And then even if he regresses a little bit and goes back to like a 40-something point player, then if you're only paying him the three to $4 million, then you're exactly. Fine. Exactly. Like, and then you probably, at that point, bump them down to the third line, and then you're getting even better value. For and then them. the kids start coming up. The kids are going to come in, come up by then. And then by three years, you're done. You don't need them anymore because you have the kids. And you say, thank you, Ryan, thank you, Ryan Zingle. Let's help you find a new place. You know, let, let's send you to another team where you can have a role and you can, you know, inform the kids on how to be a proper NHL player. Right? Like, let, let's, he's a good player. And, and if that's, if they're still bent on Going through free agency, this is a guy you would look at. I think he's probably about the only guy that I'm interested in left in free agency. Yeah, there's no one really. The rest of it is like you got your Justin Williams, Joe Thornton, Patrick no. Marlowe's. Like no. that's 37, 39, no. 39. No, I want, I want no part of Brian Boyle either. I said that on Twitter. I saw that. I am not interested. I'm not interested in Brian Boyle. Why? I'm not saying I am. I'm just wondering why. Because. I do not want to give any more bottom six forwards a $3 million contract. Right. I'm all set with Fair that. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. that. I'm okay with that as well. I, I'm not really interested in, in Brian Boyle. If, I, if we're looking to bring in another center, then I'm, I'm looking at Marcus Johansson is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I would I would prefer him over because um, Broussard keeps getting brought up. But uh, please, I don't want any part of Broussard. He's thirty one, twenty three points. He's on he's on the downgrade. Johansson's twenty eight. He's still got an upside. Uh, he put up thirty points, so not enough or not a lot, but he only made four point five. You can get him for less. Again, we're going into day three of free agency. You can probably get him for less than his four point five. Right, and as a third, he's probably a pretty good third line center. Mm-hmm. And he only played 58 games when he put up those 30 points last year. Yeah, too. Keep that exactly. In mind. So, like, you know, that's on pace for what, 50 maybe? I don't know. Probably not. That's too many. Um, no, but if you gave him like a three year deal with a cap hit in the $3 million range, that might make a little bit more sense because, again, he's someone who's going to give you a little bit more upside. Yeah, he's on pace for 42 points over a full season. Okay. You take that from a third line. Yeah, center. and again, he plays on the right, on the left. You can throw him anywhere. So if you got a hole up top, put him in. You don't have to put in Tom Kudakel there. That's right. You're putting true. in someone who can See, put up points. Like that's someone that I'd rather take a shot on than a Leo Komarov or Brian Boyle or Derek Broussard. Yeah, or like a, yeah, anyone who's you know well over the age. Like yeah, Brian Boyle is 34 years old. Mm. He's got great yeah. size, and I'm sure he's, he still has something to contribute, but just not in a team that's looking to compete. That That's a guy you maybe bring in at the trade deadline to give you something. Yeah. Maybe. And the Islanders don't need any more fourth line. No. I'm, we're no. good. Well, their fourth line right now is like Tanner Fritz, Matt Martin, and Leo Komarov, or Ross Johnson. You could live with that. <laughs> I guess. It's true. Sure. Yeah, it's a fourth line. Like, they're out there nine minutes, maybe. That's what I mean. Like, look around the NHL. You could probably get... The Islanders, theoretically, could use Kunakel, Fritz, and Johnston as a fourth line and be completely fine. But they won't. They're going to spend more money on it. But that you could, Alec, that could be your fourth line, and you're spending, what, a combined $2 million on it for all three guys? Yeah, Johnson's making one, Fritz is making less than one, and who was the third one? I blanked out. I was looking at that. Kunakel, so it's more than $2 million. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're, less, you're than less than three. Exactly. That's pretty good. That's less than a Cal Clutterbuck. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm just the lowly blogger. Don't listen. That's right. Yeah, up in your bedroom. <laughs> um. So, okay, if they don't go through free agency, then how about a trade option? Um, wow, like the your world is your oyster at this point. Uh, well, it isn't because at this point they know that they're, the Islanders are, are hell-bent on adding something. They got them over a barrel. But you, you are still trading Nick Letty, who is a top-pairing defenseman depending on the team you're looking at. He just is. He yeah. isn't for us, but he is for other teams. Um, and you got you got prospects in the system. You, maybe Sebastian Ajo. I saw that you wrote for for Gusev. I think that's an interesting target. It definitely is. I mean, obviously it's a risk because he hasn't played in the NHL yet. But last year in the KHL, he put up eighty two points in sixty two games. Yeah. On and listen, we we said this about Kovar. Like, ah, oh, he was a point per game player, but he was playing with two really good wingers. Gusev carries SKA St. Petersburg. He carries them, or CSK, it's, it's, it's a C in Russian. Um, he carries them. He put up those, like you said, 82 points. The next player on the team, I think, put up 52 points, I'm going to say. Uh, and it was not Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk put up like 30 <laughs> points that year. Yeah, I mean, uh, this guy obviously has some talent. 
who knows what that is at the NHL level. And supposedly he's looking for a two-year deal at $4 million AAV. That's a similar, you know, cap hit that Dzingel will be looking at. So, And this guy probably has a little bit more higher upside than Dzingel, I would think. I would definitely. Well, Dzingel's played. It's a bigger swing, though. Dzingel's played in the NHL. The thing with Gusev is he's 5'9". He's 5'9", 154. He is smaller than I am. I had a, I saw another site list him at five eleven, but he's really? a, he's a small yeah. I HockeyDB's got him at five nine, so he, he's uh, yeah. less than six feet, and he's let's say he's a Johnny Gaudreau type player, I, I, not that type, but like sized. Yeah, Elite Prospect has him at five eleven. That's where I was looking yeah. before. There's space for a Johnny Gaudreau sized player in the NHL. They work. Cole Caulfield is still going to play in the NHL, and he's five seven. Like size sh- um, uh, yeah. shouldn't do anything if you've got abilities. And, and like, look, just looking back at his team, the next highest scoring player was Alexander Barabanov, who had forty six points, almost half, almost half. Yikes! So like that he and he leads the team. He's the like they lose him and that's it. So it's not like Kovar where he's relying on other teammates. He's the guy doing the work. He's the guy setting him up. You gotta yeah. you gotta try to bring that in, and if you're telling me like it's two years at four million dollars a piece, that's a lot, yes, but that's a gamble I'm willing to take. Yeah, for two years, I, I would think so. And again, it's not a huge cap hit. You could probably worth the risk because worst case scenario, what what is he? Yeah. I would say he, he seems like he's a second line. At, at best, he's a second line producer. Maybe even better. We don't know. But he seems like a second. If you're trying to like judge the points that he's putting up in the, in the, the KHL and what he could do in the NHL, I would say top ceiling is a second line player. I think that's probably fair. I don't know if he's going to be like a Radulov or anything like that, but I don't think you really need him to be on this team. But I, I don't know. Just Again, I haven't seen this guy play a ton. I did some uh, YouTube scouting <laughs> today on him, though. As good enough as it gets. But I don't know. He's he's exciting. He seems like a dynamic player out there on the ice in the KHL. I think it'd be interesting to put him with Brock Nelson and uh, Josh Bailey and see what happens. I think you need to give him the two years just to kind of get used to the smaller ice and the type of play here uh, as opposed to the KHL. I think in his first year, he might be like a 30-40 point player, uh, but in year two... You might look at a 50, 55, maybe even 60 point player. And that, that's me like guesstimating. Who knows, right? Like I said the same thing about Kovar. Yeah, Who knows? Or Kovash, sorry. <laughs> we have no idea what this guy's going to be, but it could be a potential uh, cheaper yeah. option. Yeah, but if you're giving up Sebastian Ajo and a third to get him like you wrote, <laughs> sign me up all day. It's Sebastian Ajo in a first, and I'd still do that. Yeah, that's the thing. It was hard to think of what a trade package would be for that. But I came up with defensemen because they're weaker on that side. Ajo seems like he's almost NHL ready, but I just don't think he's going to ever fit in here with the Islanders. And then draft pick compensation, I don't think it's going to take a first or a second, really. <coughs> Sorry, I coughed on Mike there. Uh, I just like drew breath and it tickled my throat. I, I'm right there with you. And they're like you said earlier, they're right up against the cap. They're, they're over the cap even. Right, like they are at eighty four point one seven four, so they're over by like a, a, a good a good chunk, and they're using LTIR money. 
So like they're yeah. they're right up there, and they still have to sign. Well, Goose said they have to sign Subban. They might want to have to sign like they're, they're right up there. And and they got to make room yeah. for next year. They got Eakins, Reeves, Nosek, uh, Curtis McKenzie. I guess these are like lower ranking guys. Nick Holden, John Morrill. But then you got some of their younger players starting to come up. Like you got to think that Cody Glass is going to be there soon enough. Right. So like they they got to start making room. And this is the t- the type of player they can let go to make room for the next wave. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who who knows? But you're right. Like that that's the guy that I look at. Whoever wants Nick Letty, like Montreal, man. If Montreal really wants Nick Letty, let's work a deal. Let's work a deal. Yeah, something. Figure something out. Yeah. If if, if it's Jonathan Drouin, I'm all in. I'm all in. Or Brendan Gallagher. Give me some of that. Either one of those guys is uh, completely fine for me, and both, I think, would fit perfectly on a second line. Yes, absolutely, 100%. The fact of the matter is, to me, though, Steam's still not done. Something has to happen next for this team, and I think it's in the top six. I really don't care what happens at third line center. It, give it to Suzekis. It has to be, right? Like, come on. You, you can't be like, so we brought in... A, like, they wanted to bring in Philpola again. We brought in a Philpola-like player. Shoot me in the face. Get her. Just get it over with. <laughs> I'm wet because I feel the same way. But you just you took it to that level, which I I love it. I, I love it because that's what I feel with like Brian Boyle. Like, is there anything wrong with him? No. But stop going back to the bottom of the barrel to fill out that part of the roster. You have a million guys you could put in that spot. Shuffle it around somehow. Figure it out. Worry about the upper echelon lines, the first and second lines. Get that clicking, and then you're fine. The thing that Toronto showed us uh, recently is that you can make a trade. You can make a big trade and make your team exponentially better. Like If you really approach it well, you can look at this and say, look, we we have uh, too much depth here on defense, but we need forward depth. Let's go and get it. Let's work this out. It's possible to do. Get it done. Yes. Like we, we can get a, a, like a Tyson Berry type deal done. Absolutely. It's just finding the right partner to dance with. And who that is, is yet to be seen. Shrug emoji. Shrug emoji. But that's pretty much it for the free agency talk. Do you want to get into anything on the interwebs for the social segment? Um, no, I really, really just focus on on the on the free agency. I didn't see anything uh, up on social that really drew my attention. Uh, what about you? Did you see something? I have one, but it's free agency related. Okay. So after Anders Lee resigned, oh, yes. he did he tweeted out the Wolf of Wall Street video. Mm-hmm. However it goes, I just hit my chest. Yeah, a I'm lot. not leaving. He's not, he's not leaving, which I like that. But uh, I someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was, but they're like, if he made that nine million AAV, he probably would have had enough to rip the video and and tweet it out rather than just take a link. <laughs> <laughs> which that's kind of funny because it would have been a lot better if it was just like the video and not a link. That's true. Uh, I, I like the people who I, I'm just rem- reminiscing now uh, uh, who. Uh, because what happens during free agencies, once players have moved, they, you Photoshop the new jersey onto them. 
Mm-hmm. So people who are photoshopping Islanders jersey onto Anders Lee. <laughs> yeah, that was also good. It's <laughs> just a bit of flat jersey on top of him. It doesn't fit whatsoever. Worst Photoshop job ever. Uh, that but was that's funny. what made it funny. Yeah. But all right. So with that, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Let's get some plugs in here before we go. Do it. So wherever you are watching or listening to this, rather, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff so that you are able to know when new episodes drop. Rating and giving us the thumbs up and subscribing really helps. So please appreciate all that stuff. Um, You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page also, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs or download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. And finally, if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to our Patreon where we do post-game content during the regular season, weekly mailbags, and over the summer we are doing deep dives on various topics along with the mailbag. So make sure to head over there as well, patreon.com slash eyesonisles. Mitch, episode 98 in the books. We're creeping up on episode 100. It's pretty crazy, man. 100 episodes of this. But then we got another like 82 plus on the Patreon. Like you're, you're miss- if you're not signed up to the Patreon, you're missing out on a lot of content. We did this almost essential podcast just differently. Patreon yesterday. So you would have had this a day early. Oh, but man, 82, like 98 here, 82 there. Oh my God. We're like 400 podcasts by the time the week's over. Craziness. But... Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.